Welcome to the Great Detectives of Old Time Radio from Boise, Idaho. This is your host, Adam Graham. If you have a comment, send it to me, box13 at greatdetectives.net. Follow us on Twitter at Radio Detectives and become one of our friends on Facebook, facebook.com slash radiodetectives. Today's program is brought to you in part by the financial support of our listeners. And I want to start by thanking Karen for becoming our latest Patreon supporter at the Shamus level of $4 or more per month. You can support the show for as little as $2 or more per month. Just go to patreon.greatdetectives.net. I also want to thank Brian for sending in a one-time donation to support the show. He did it through our P.O. Box, which is P.O. Box 15913, Boise, Idaho, 83715. That's P.O. Box 15913, Boise, Idaho, 83715. You can also support the show via Zelle or PayPal at uh, support.greatdetectives.net. Well, now it's time for today's episode of Nightbeat. Original air date, July the 6th of 1951. And this one is Bill Perrin Amnesia Case. NBC presents transcribed Frank Lovejoy in Nightbeat. This is Randy Stone. I cover the night beat for the Chicago Star. My day begins when yours ends, when we trade in the sun for the yellow incandescents and the ruby neons, and when a different kind of people come out and prowl the night to make a buck or get their kicks. Yeah, a different kind of people, because the nighttime, the darkness exposes them. Funny that in the dark they have no cover. What you see is a little more naked, a little more honest. One of the reasons I prefer the night. So my day began as usual about 8.30 p.m. I walked up the steps of the star and into the city room. There were two telephone messages on my desk from a Corporal Bennett, and they said, please call Heinz Hospital. That's the Army Hospital. One stamped at 11.35 a.m. and the other at 7.40 this evening. Please call. Hello? Uh, hello, my name is Stone. Oh, yeah, I've been trying to reach you. Uh, what can I do for you, Corporal? Well, it's not for me, Mr. Stone. It's for a buddy of mine. He just got out of the hospital today. Well, that sounds good. Uh, no, no, he's in trouble. Inside his head. He's out now on a 30-day furlough before they discharge him and, uh... Well, what can I do for him, Corporal? Well, talk to him. You see, he's been reading your column, so have I. I, I think you might be able to help straighten him out. Oh, uh, this is his hometown? Yeah, but he's all alone. He hasn't got anybody. Name is Perrin. Bill Perrin. Hey, uh, he'll be in Sibby's. Where? Well, I spoke to him about 15 minutes ago. He called from a bar on State Street, a hideaway club. Look, Mr. Stone, he's a buddy. I'm worried. All right, I'll check. Uh, he's all mixed up, Mr. Stone. Please go easy with him, huh? What was he in the hospital for, Corporal? Head injuries. He's a... Uh, I walked the state and down past Dearborn until I found the hideaway club. It was half dark inside, lit with glowing colors from the jukebox. 
Down at the end of the bar, a young fellow leaned on his elbows, a glass of beer in front of him. About 29 or 30, well-built, lean, with a pallid face, indoors too much. His clothes looked brand new. I walked down and sat on the high stool next to him, but he didn't turn to look at me. Bill Perrin? What? A stone is my name, Bill. I'm a newspaper man. How do you know me? A buddy of yours gave me a call, Corporal Bennett from Hines Hospital. Oh, well, you can forget about Bennett and me. Yeah, he's uh, kind of worried. Yeah, well, thanks. Everybody's worried with me. It's everybody's business. Why don't you all leave me alone? Well, who's been bothering you? You are right now. Okay. Just thought I might try to help. Hey, what did you say your name was? Stone, Randy Stone. Oh, yeah, you got a column in the star. That's why Corporal Bennett called me. He said you read my stuff. I guess he thought we'd get along. Well, I don't think so. You sound bitter. The column's not that bad. Bitter? Why should I be bitter? What have I got to be bitter about? Well, it might have been kind of rough in Korea. Well, for a lot of other fellas, too. You, know, you got me pegged all wrong. Thanks, anyway. Well, maybe because you lost your memory. He told you? Uh-huh. Okay, so what? Well, Chicago's a big place. Maybe you feel a little lost, and maybe I can help a little. If I need any help, I'll call the Salvation Army. That's a good idea. Do that. Well, uh, hey, wait a minute, will you? I'm sorry. There is a way you can help me. Help me find my wife. You have a wife? I think so. My records show a wife. She'd never know it. You you know this city. Maybe. Well, maybe. Yeah, maybe. Look. Look, I, I wrote a couple of letters after I started to get back on my feet. The address on my service record. There was no answer. Well, that could be any number of reasons. Well, I never got the letters back. The allotment checks either. Well, I went to the address early this afternoon after I got out of Hines. It's a rooming house, new owner. Didn't know me or any Mrs. Perrin. He said he'd given the letters back to the mailman. Maybe they're still following me. I moved around a lot. Hospitals in Tokyo, Honolulu. Well, look, I don't know if she's alive. Well, this amnesia of yours, can't you... Well, can't you remember anything? A lot before six weeks ago. Uh-huh. Her name. It's Alice. Who is she? What is she like? Does she love me? Where is she? Well, how about the army? Well, I, I, I didn't want them to. I didn't want them nosing around. Why not? Well, I guess I'm a little afraid. Oh, forget it, will you? Just forget it. Did you try the telephone book? Yeah. I'll... Hey, you want to see what she looks like? A picture? Yeah. It was with my things. No letters with my things, just vital statistics in, in this picture. Uh-huh. Pretty. Pretty? Uh, she, she's not pretty. I, I don't like pretty. is isn't a good word. There's something else there. Maybe lovely. Oh, not maybe. She is lovely. How long have you been married, Bill? I wish I knew. Uh-huh. Now, now what's the difference? What'll it come to anyway? How, how do I start my life all over again? Well, the first thing to do is find your Alice. Come on. No, no. Uh, I, I don't want to go with you. What, are you afraid? Yeah. Mm-hmm. I think maybe you need your wife, Bill. I'll see what I can do. I dropped into a phone booth and called Vital Statistics and told the clerk what I wanted. Information on a marriage license made out to William Perrin and a girl by the name of Alice something. The clerk found a William Perrin married in 1945 to a girl named Alice Rowland. 
So the clerk looked up Alice Rowland in the city directory and found her now living at 1210 Waring Drive. The city on cards in a filing cabinet. Four million lives cataloged in steel drawers. Twelve ten Waring Drive, apartment D. I pushed the button and waited. Yes? A big guy, 6'3 at least, and 220 pounds on the hoof. He was holding a highball glass in his hand. What is it, Buster? I'm looking for Alice Rowland. Come in. Alice, for you. Just a minute, Danny. What's it about? Bill. Hmm? Alice's husband, Bill Perrin. You better beat it, Buster. Why? Alice doesn't want to hear about him. Well, she'll tell me if she wants to. I'm telling you. Come on out. After I talk to Alice. Now, look, you've got a highball in your hand, Danny. I've got two free hands. I don't need but one hand. Okay, on your way. It was ridiculous, but he slammed me up against the wall with just the tips of his fingers. Not even a hand. It felt like a pile driver or a piston rod of a locomotive. He was right at home here, Danny boy. Danny, what is it? Buster's just leaving. No, she wasn't pretty. Pretty is a bad word. She was lovely. Lovely lines on her face. Little puzzled, little disturbed as she looked at me. You know how just someone looking at you can hit you? Like a pile driver? Well, she hit me. Alice Roland Perry. The soldier's wife, he didn't remember kind of physical you're, Danny. What do you want? It's a tiny story. What? What do you want? I'll tell it to you. Who are you? Stone is my name, Randy Stone. I aimed wrong. I should have thrown you out the door. Please, Danny. Your husband's in town. My husband? I told you, Alice. I shouldn't have let him in. Why did you drop the parent from your name, Alice? What do you want? It's what Bill wants. He wants his wife. Get out. Hmm? Get out. Out. See, Buster? But Bill... Bill, 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 I hate everybody by the name of Bill. I hate them all. I don't know any Bill. Well, he doesn't know any Alice, either. What? He doesn't remember. He can't, Alice. That's why he sent me... I don't care if he's dead. Do you understand, Mr. Stone? I don't care if he's dead. NBC is bringing you Night Beat, starring Frank Lovejoy as Randy Stone. It's the Silver Jubilee on NBC. Tonight, you're invited to high adventure over NBC with the amazing Mr. Malone, a hard-hitting, fast-moving criminal lawyer always out for a new client and new adventure. The Man Called X brings to the NBC microphone screen actor Herbert Marshall as a security agent intent on preserving world peace through counterespionage. Now, here's a program note. Sunday, hear Lloyd Nolan and Martin Kane, Private Eye, on NBC. And now, back to Nightbeat and Randy Stone. Maybe that was the motif. Danny with a highball glass in his hand, not spilling a drop, and Alice saying, I don't care if he's dead. Well, I did, because I'd seen this kid just back from Korea without a memory. Okay, you heard of yourself now. Sure. Then on your way. I got my breath back, Danny. Save it. Just on general principles, I don't like you, Danny. You better put the glass down. I don't need to, Buster. Remember, just one hand. It felt good hitting him right in the middle. 
hitting him for Bill and hitting him because I was angry at him, at Alice, at the whole thing. A big guy, a big target. He doubled over and I brought one up from the floor. And I took care of the drink, too. Probably stained the nice figured rug. Don't. Don't what, Alice? Well, help me with him. The couch. He's not out. Okay, get up. Did you do that? You're soft. Just a second, I need some of that breath back in my arms. Oh, Danny, go on home. Leave me alone. I'm not just going to walk out and let you get involved in all that again. Oh, what? You heard the lady, Danny boy. This is her apartment, isn't it? Even though you seem to know your way around. Please, stop it. Alice. Danny, I, I want to talk to Mr. Stone. Okay. But don't come running back to me with your troubles again. What kind of a joker is that? You sure picked the right guy. Don't try to make a comedy out of it. He's my brother. Oh. I asked him to go because I don't want any more fighting. Now you can go, too, Mr. Stone. Not interested in Bill? No. Don't even want to see him? No. He's been shot up? Well, I hope he's all right. I didn't mean what I said about him being dead, but it doesn't matter to me. Don't you understand? I wouldn't like to see anybody dead. That's why I wouldn't like to see Bill dead. How long have you been married? To Too him? long. Well, that must have been a dandy marriage, make you feel like this after just six years. All right, you know how long. I'm surprised Bill remembered. Uh, Bill didn't. I got it from your marriage license. Bill doesn't remember anything before six weeks ago. Oh. He doesn't remember you, Alice, but he wants to remember. Maybe because he needs Look, you. Mr. Stone, I don't want to talk about it. It's all done. It's finished. Well, not for Bill, it isn't. You know, to tell you the truth, he struck me as a nice guy. Yeah, he is. Kind of a guy who'd make a nice home. And... Mr. Stone, you don't know anything about him. We've been married six years, and it's been a miserable six years. Dying all the time. Dying? Why? What does a woman want? She falls in love, and she marries a man who's in love with her. She wants a home, a little responsibility, friends. She wants to be able to help her husband to build something. She doesn't want a husband who's a good-time Charlie. A nice guy. But a gambler and a drinker. I see. She doesn't want a husband who lives from payday to payday and leaves his wife alone seven nights out of the week. She doesn't want her marriage to fall into a rut like that where she's taken for granted and her husband's softest endearment is to call her gorgeous. Hiya, gorgeous. Goodbye, gorgeous. I got a hot poker game on tonight. Don't stay up for me, gorgeous. I see. What do you think, Mr. Stone? If the chance came, don't you think she'd like to get rid of a husband like that? Maybe. Tried to save a dollar a week. Put it away in the bank. I couldn't. Tried to get him away from that hole-in-the-wall rooming house we lived in. Tried to get him to buy a house, settle down. Tried to get him to stop gambling. Tried to tear him away from his cronies. Oh, yes, I tried. I never thought I could misjudge a man so badly. Oh, he's got a way about him. Well, I didn't see the way about him. I, I saw a guy who's been through some tough times, and he's a little bewildered and a little scared. That's a different picture than I have of him. And it's just possible I know him a little better. Oh, sure, I can't argue that. But uh, before you chuck him away, why don't you do him a favor? What kind of a favor? Mr. Stone, I don't want to get involved with him again. I, I... Help him get his memory back. Oh. oh, that's the easiest thing I can do. Oh? He'll remember soon enough. Just take him to the places he used to go, the poker games, the gambling places, the bars. Will you go along? Will I? Sure. Sure, it won't take long. I'd be kind of interested myself. Uh, where's the first stop? The Century Club, Mr. Stone. One look at the dice games and it'll all come back to him. Uh -huh.
I called the hotel and told Bill to meet us in front of the Century Club. And I figured the expense account could absorb a taxi. Alice didn't say a word, but there was something aloof and frozen in her, as though she'd put her heart in cold storage and wasn't going to thaw it out for anything or anyone. The taxi pulled up in front of the nightclub. I got out and helped Alice out and stood on the sidewalk for a moment before I saw Bill. He was a little way off, lonesome and waiting, looking at Alice with a soft, curious look in his eyes. Here it is, Mr. Stone. We'll have to go through the nightclub. There are stairs behind the orchestra pit. Hello. How, oh, Bill? This is your wife. Yeah. Well, thanks. I... I... Well, do you want to go upstairs, Mr. Stone? It'll help him a lot more to see the gambling. He'll remember it a lot more than he'll remember me. What? What is it? We're going to try to bring back your memory, Bill. Oh? Something wrong? Well, let's find out. He kept looking at her. He couldn't take his eyes off her. Once, when she felt his steady stare, she looked back for a second, and he turned away, embarrassed. Kind of funny, a guy falling for his wife all over again after six years. But she wasn't having any. We went through the nightclub to the back. I stopped at the bottom of the stairs. Uh, no, not here, upstairs. Yeah, I know, but... Uh... Not much point in me rolling along like an extra wheel. Isn't there? You started this. You leave and I leave. This is no fun for me. Bill, don't you no, think... No, no. Please, Randy. Please stay with us. No, Bill didn't think so either. So we went up the stairs and down a long aisle to a door marked with a big flowery C. I knocked, the door opened, a man in a tuxedo looked out at me. Yes? Uh, can we get in? No. Well, I'm Randy Stone. We no. Have... You, uh... You know Bill Perrin. Oh, sure. Hi, Bill. Haven't seen you for a long time. Come in, if you'll vouch for this guy. Do you know me? <laughs> oh, that's good. Come in, folks. Ah, make yourselves at home. Should be familiar. It hasn't changed. Same tables, same roulette wheels, even the same smoke in the air. Well, Bill? No. No, I, I never saw this place before. I don't understand. Want to throw the dice a little? Well, I had to work too hard for my money, Mr. Stone. Why should I throw it away? Oh, it sounds good. It sounds awfully good. Did I gamble? Is that it? Did I throw my money away? Do you remember Arlington Park? Leaving your job afternoons to go out there and bet on the horses? Well, I was quite a guy, wasn't I? This is just one of the places. Remember a place called the Starlight Cafe? No, I... What is it? It was your home, away from home. The last year before you left for the army. Well, let's have a look. But why? I, I don't want to. I... It'll help you remember, Bill. It's worth a try. I was going to flag another taxi, but Bill said he'd hired a car, so he walked around the corner where he'd parked it, and Alice gave him directions. Like a guy taking his medicine, Bill didn't say anything now. He didn't even look at Alice sitting up in the front seat right next to him. Bill had been lonely and fumbling before. He was lost and without hope now. Now he knew he wasn't wanted. Now he was not only lonely, he was rejected. A lover without love. We got out in front of a tired little place with a three-foot blue neon sign over the doorway, Starlight Cafe. 
A roadhouse, one of a thousand that grew like fungi along the highway. Bill stopped just inside the doorway, looked around, looked at everything, trying to find something to remember and not happy about it. A dirty place, dark with booze and a girl drinking by herself at one end of the bar. A few couples down the other end. Bartender leaning a meaty arm over the bar, mopping the counter. His face lighting up as he caught sight of Bill. Well, Bill Perrin, it's been a dark day. The, uh, usual, Harry. Sure. I, uh, heard you lost out the draft board, Bill. Sure. <laughs> Some of the best people win that kind of a raffle. He wasn't drafted. No? He re-enlisted. <laughs> well, there's your drink. Maybe a couple of them will make you remember instead of making you forget like it used to. Watch yours, Max. What a guy I was. It doesn't come back? No. Harry, how many times did I have to come here and take him home? Oh, so he fell asleep here once in a while. So what? All the time we were married? Not at first. Not at all at first. Oh, you always gambled. You always liked your friends around you. Even more than you liked me. But the last year, it was as though you didn't care for anything very much. Nothing to live for. Let's get out of here. Your drink? I don't want it. Here, bartender, take it out of this. Why, uh, sure, okay. Uh, what's wrong? A uh, scientific experiment on time travel. The past and the present are caught up with each other. Well, where are we going now? To visit a friend of yours, a bosom pal. You shouldn't have any trouble remembering him. Saw a lot more of him than of me. Turn right at the corner. What's his name? Johnny Stevens. You'll remember. Stevens? There's a Stevens in the hospital in Tokyo. Johnny Stevens. He didn't go to war. I don't know him. Maybe the face will help. You grew up with him. You two played cards together since you were 11 years old. Cards? Poker. All kinds. Stud, draw. Right there. That's his house. All right. And there's where we used to live. That house. The dirty one we couldn't move away from. Stevens lives three houses down. Why move away from your pals? Bill killed the motor, and we got out. There's a small light on in one of the rooms. Alice rang the bell. Well, hello, Johnny. Oh, hi, Alice. Hey, Billy boy, when did you get back? <laughs> boy, you only knew how I missed you. Missed me? Ah, the old gang ain't what it used to be. I ain't had a real hot game of poker since you left. That's a long time, Billy. <laughs> Say, look, how about tonight? Huh? Phil called a little while ago. We couldn't scare up enough hands. Uh, uh, maybe a friend Oh, that's Mr. Stone, Randy Stone. Oh, hi, Randy. Hi. Hey, look, if you're a friend of Bill's, you sure play a cagey hand to stud. How, uh, I... Bill just got out of the hospital, Johnny. Uh, hospital? He lost his memory. We hoped seeing you might be able to help him. Wait a minute. You mean he don't remember anything? Hey, Bill, you don't remember me? No. Well, you don't remember the gang? No. I'm sorry. Yeah. I bet you remember a pair of deuces is better than a busted flush, though, huh? Come on, what about it? Let's get a game together. I'll call the no, guy. No, no, thanks. Oh, sure, sure. Settle yourself down around a table with a stack of chips in front of you and Teddy and Milty and... No, Mark. thanks. What's the matter? The old lady nagging again? Don't she ever learn it don't do no good? Nagging? No more nagging, Bill. Go on, play with him. You want a friendly game of poker, don't you, with your pal? Maybe I and... needed something more than nagging, like some 
shell splinters in my head to make me understand. Goodbye, Stevens. Stevens? Let's get out of here. Come on, let's get out of here. He doesn't remember you, Johnny. I don't think he wants to remember you either. Back in Bill's car, Bill's shoulders were tense, and on his face was the discovery of the kind of guy he'd been. Yeah, the night was running true to form. You can kid yourself there's hope for a lost cause when the sun is shining, but you gotta face the facts for what they are at night. And now there was just loneliness for Bill and bitterness for Alice. Take me home, please. Can't understand it. I I don't want to gamble. I don't want to drink. I don't know how I could have been like that. It's not hard to figure, Bill. Lots of marriages fall into ruts. People take each other for granted and get into selfish ways. You do a lot of thinking in the Army. You're alone most of the time, alone with your thoughts. You look at a picture of a woman and you think, she's married to me and what kind of a life did I give her? Take me home. Take me home. Sure, I will. I'm sorry, Alice. You weren't drafted, Bill. You re-enlisted, so Alice says. Why? Well, I... To get away from me, to chuck it off. Maybe he didn't like the things he was doing either. Well, if he didn't, he put on a good act of liking them. Not that way now, Alice. For how long? Well, maybe it's worth finding out. Until he gets his memory back. Until he remembers everything. Sure, maybe he doesn't want to gamble now. But how about tomorrow? When his memory comes back, all the rest of it will come back, too. Hey, where are we going? We're not going home. No, we're not. Stop this car. I'll stop it when we get where we're going. What are you trying to pull, Bill? Well, sit back in your seat, Stone. We're going fast enough now so that a little turn of the wheel... It's kind of a dumb play, Bill. What's the angle? I found out some things about myself tonight. I also found out I have a wife. Well, I don't like what I found out. But I don't want to go back to being nobody again, either. So? So I'm going to say some things, and Alice is going to have to listen. All right, but you don't have to do it at 60 miles an hour. I can't explain about how I was before. It, it doesn't make sense. It doesn't make any sense at all. Bill, there are all kinds of speed... Week after week, lying in that hospital bed with nothing to do but try and remember. Only all you had your head was this great big blank. Mr. Stone, you'll wreck the car. Well, they say you have a wife. They say that picture on your nightstand. That's her. But what's she really like? Where is she now? Maybe she's thinking about you, worrying about you. Maybe she's praying oh, for please, you. please, Bill. This wife you can't even remember. Just knowing that somewhere she exists. I don't know. I can't explain it, but it makes a difference. It makes a difference having somebody in this crazy, lonely world who cares whether you live or die. Stop it. Stop it. What? Oh, all right. I, I, I'm sorry, I don't know if Bill Perrin should have been let out of the hospital sooner or if he belonged there for the rest of his life. He was either awfully determined or awfully dangerous. We were hitting the outskirts of the city. Bill was driving slower now, as though he knew where he was going. Look, why don't you take me home? It's late. I've got to go to work tomorrow. Well, I said to myself on that hospital bed, now's your chance. Be smart. You've been saving every penny out of your sergeant's pay. Do something with your life. And for this wife, you can't even remember. We were driving through an area of one-family houses, middle class and nice. Bill turned a corner and put on his brakes. A neat little house with yellow lights framing the door and a big sign on the lawn, sold. Bill sat there looking out the windshield, not turning to look at us. 
When I got out of the hospital this afternoon, I rented this car and drove out here. I wanted to take another look at it. Another? You let that slip, Bill. <laughs> it was a long time ago, this same house. I wanted to buy it so bad. I know, Alice. You drove out on a Sunday. You didn't even want to look at it. You remembered this house. You remembered everything. Alice. You don't uh... have amnesia. All those places we went to tonight. You said I'd change back to what I was when I got my memory back. Bill. Do you still believe it? Oh, Bill. He never had amnesia. Used to trick me so that I could help him get back his wife. He and that buddy of his, Corporal Bennett, used me for a fall guy. Well, I feel pretty good about it, being used as a patsy. Feel pretty good Bill understood between the lines of the things I wrote. Feel pretty good Bill had the courage and the instinct to fight his way back to health. Because he was sick at one time. And the amnesia... Well, he wanted to forget the things he'd done, and I think he did pretty good. I couldn't want to do any better with some of my own problems. Hmm. Well, well. Copy, boy. Night Beat, starring Frank Lovejoy, is produced and directed by Warren Lewis. Tonight's transcribed story was written by Merwin Gerard and Celig Lester with music by Robert Armbruster. The part of Bill Perrin was played by Stacey Harris. Joan Banks was Alice. Others featured in tonight's cast were Ted DeCorsia, Ed Max, and Tony Barrett. Frank Lovejoy can currently be seen co-starring with Joan Crawford and Robert Young in Warner Brothers' Goodbye, My Fancy. Nightbeat came to you from Hollywood. It's the Silver Jubilee on NBC. This is Andrea J. Graham, author of the Web Surface series. Oh, and a man's wife. You're listening to the Great Detectives of Old Time Radio. Welcome back. In this episode, we see what modern-day reporters get for checking their facts before they go into an hours-long uh, investigation of a very implausible case of amnesia. Though it turned into, uh, I think, what would be a good usable story. So I guess the editor would be uh, forgiven on that point. Of course, what was real about Bill was his need for help. And that's probably what Randy picked up on a lot more than the details of his story. I like the realism of him uh, being honest and saying he was afraid because people didn't usually admit to that on uh, Golden Age programs. Or if they did, did with a lot of shame. He just very, was very straightforward that he was afraid. Of course, I don't know if I've ever heard of this sort of change happening 
typically you hear of people uh, who return from wars and begin taking up habits to forget. Although that doesn't happen in every or even most cases. Many people, while still affected by wars, don't make uh, dramatic changes in character. But I don't know if I've heard of this big sort of uh, positive change. Here it's done very dramatically and elaborately, and it is a fairly surprising way that they take the story. So overall, I thought it was a pretty good episode. All right, listener comments and feedback, and I have a letter uh, Brian sent along. And uh, he says, I still love the Great Detectives podcast. Uh, Keep it up. Well, Brian, I appreciate your support of the program, and I can't thank you enough for all the uh, uh, support you've given uh, the program over the years. It's uh, truly appreciated. All right, well, that will do it for today. Join us back here tomorrow for Pursuit. And then next Monday, it's another episode of Nightbeat. In the meantime, send your comments to box13 at greatdetectives.net. You can also mail in your comments to P.O. Box 15913, Boise, Idaho, 83715. And check out our growing YouTube channel, youtube.greatdetectives.net. From uh, Boise, Idaho, though, this is your host, Adam Graham, signing off.